What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 16 of the Rocket Punch Show. Yes, that's right. We are now legally allowed to drive, and we're driving the show straight to the ground. Um, yes! I'm one of your hosts. Off the bridge! <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Cameron, here. Of course, down in my bottom right corner here, um, my pass, my my guy riding shotgun, um, Mr. Seth, a.k.a. Darth Turner. Seth, how are you doing, man? I, no, I'm Welcome doing pretty back. good. I've been, I've been hanging out here with my friends. You can see they're behind me. Uh, we've been chilling out here. It's a nice autumn kind of theme we've got going here. Even though it's summer where you are, I'm hanging out here <laughs> in the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, the you Origami Kingdom, yourself. as it is right now. Uh, yeah, things are a little crazy right here. We've been, we've been getting some trouble. Uh, actually, you might be able to relate a little bit. We've got a problematic leader right now that's causing some trouble throughout okay. the kingdom. So you might be able to to sympathize a little bit on okay, that front, okay. but <laughs> hey, I got jokes. Uh, uh, no, it's it's going pretty good. Outside of uh, outside of that, it's been a it's been a pretty good week, and I'm ready to talk about video games right here into this microphone that you can just barely see because if you can't see the microphone, then how do you know I'm a podcaster, right? Well, they can't see mine, but well, they are you podcast. I mean, for all we know, you could be talking into that chat. There, there you go. Now that's it. It's like it's listen, Cameron. It's like putting the flash on top of your camera when you're going to do a professional photography gig. Even if you don't need to use the flash at that gig, you need it there because that's what identifies you as a professional. Right? That's what people know. Like, oh, this is serious. Nobody, nobody else can go spend thirty five dollars on Amazon to buy I, one. I thought it was when you put up the um, what are, what are those called? The the lamps. When you like start setting up the lamps on the side, that's when people are like, "Whoa, hold on yeah, a second okay, here!" Now, if you're doing that, but I, I, I wouldn't say that's a field photographer at that point. But regardless, this is not a field photography podcast. This is a video game podcast. Yes, it is. I have to bring myself back in sometimes. <laughs> it's pretty out of hand. No, uh, um, how's your week been? It's been pretty good. Um, had a lot of good stuff. Um, talked about it for people who may have missed out. Um, <clears throat> trying to do something more now where. Sunday afternoons actually do um, a game stream and keep everybody updated on Rocket Punch stuff. In what I have, I've now determined is the best branding that I have done here at all anywhere. Period. It is called this week at this week in Rocket Punch or Twerp, and that will be um, the Sunday afternoon streams there when I get a chance to do those. But no, we had we had a so good you time. Were twerping. You were twerping I, earlier. I was twerping earlier. That's right. Oh, can we make right. that a thing? Oh, that'll be great. I mean, it's already a thing. We said it. Let's, it's let's done. Continue with this trend here. No, um, had a good week. Uh, had a lot of. I talked about it earlier, but I had a lot of good things happen this week, and it's it's really number the number one twerp. <laughs> Moses gets his in chat. Uh, but no, I like I, I don't know. No, I just I, I'm very appreciative of this show and Rocket Punch and the content that's made and you guys everybody listening and tuning in it just short and sweet it was, it was a whole lot of stuff had a lot of good positive things happen in my life and so i was really happy to see that maybe really think about what the good stuff i have and to keep keep on keeping on as the kids say these days you got a positive chi flowing <clears throat> through your veins right exactly exactly 
But no, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it, guys. If you don't know, this is the Rocket Punch Show, uh, your southern source for all things gaming, geek, and more. You can listen to us every Tuesday on your podcast service of choice. Um, we are on all the big ones, so definitely check us out there. Uh, you can also listen to us live as we record the show each and every week right here on twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive every Sunday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. A special thank you to all the Twitch viewers tuning in and being a part of our conversations tonight. Um, if you want to know more about Rocket Punch and what we do, uh, head over to rocketpunchgo.com. It's going to be your one-stop shop for all the videos, podcasts, and streams, and more there, um, that we do here. They're going to be right there at your fingertips. Um, if you want to be a really part of... Re- really redesigned rocketpunchgo.com. It's pretty. It's real nice. It's real streamlined. It's really good. Very easy. Um, special thanks to Dark Turner for getting that set up for us there. Um, if you want to be a part of the Rocket Punch family, make sure you head over to our Discord channel and help support us there. Um, hang out with everybody. Hang out with cool people and have a grand old time. You can definitely um, check it out in the Twitch channel if you're watching via Twitch, and it'll be in the show notes if you are listening via audio services. Um, and then also, guys, um, if you want to help support us, there are a lot of different ways you can do that. You can rate and review us on your audio service of choice. You can follow and share our content on social at Rocket Punch Go. I've... I've realized now that this needs to happen so now that it is just me just go to at rocket punch go and on twitter and instagram or at rocket punch network over on facebook you can find our content there um <clears throat> sorry you, you find darth turner at darth turner over on twitter as well uh and then if you want to go even further beyond to help support the show there are a few ways you can do that you can subscribe to us here if you're watching via twitch that'll get you access to some cool emotes and our exclusive post show that we're going to be doing um, right after this. Um, or you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash rocketpunch and you'll still get access to that post show as well as a ton of other goodies there. So definitely swing by and check them out. Um, speaking of Patreon, we want to give a special shout out as we always do to our Patreon producers. These are the people supporting us at our highest tier and making Rocket Punch possible. So a special shout out to Jossie M, Sam S, Jeremy M, Stephen S, and Adam C. We appreciate your guys' continued support. Um, upcoming events and announcements. Um, I didn't put anything on the list here, but the big thing I know I wanted to talk about, because I'm, I'm just talking about it, more videos will be coming out this week, but um, we got, actually, I can flip it over here, because I have cool new things that we can do. Um, Take us to the board. We have, well, hope, make sure I'm doing this right. We have, um, I talked about this, I, I sent out a tweet online, but. I finally think I've got a good plan. Actually, no, I don't have to do that one. I can just do this one. Images man. Bam, look at that. Oh, um, my goodness. Uh, new content plan. I think this is where I want Rocket Punch to be headed down this year. Um, these are the five piece, the five main content pieces that we're going to be doing in Rocket Punch. Uh, the Rocket Punch Show, which is here. Uh, Rocket Punch Live, which is our game streaming. Uh, Rocket Punch Gems where we talk about like hidden gems and games I think that are really cool that may have gone under the radar that you need to check out. Um, Rocket Punch Reviews, pretty self-explanatory. And Rocket Punch Opinions, that one being um, we have the first episode of Rocket Punch Opinions, which is already out on our YouTube page. Uh, you can check that out. I rambled on some more about Xbox and give my thoughts there. It was kind of a on-the-cuff um, video there, but definitely head over to youtube.com slash Rocket Punch Go. Check out that video. Let me know what you think there. Um, getting some feedback there. And we'll have some more Rocket Punch opinions coming down the pipeline this week for you guys here. Um, 
but it, this does not include our partner. What I'm considering our partnered content, which is uh, Console Wars, which is myself and Seth again talking about Xbox and PlayStation and Next Gen and all that craziness, and um, Dice Decks and Design, which is me partnered with uh, Carla over at Weird Giraffe Games talking about board game design and all sorts of board game greatness there. Um, Seth, have you seen the content plan? I don't know how I, have I showed you. I, I, I yeah, well, I saw the the tweet. That, that went out. I got to say, man, you have got a full year ahead of you. <laughs> you have chosen, uh, you know, a, a year where a lot of people are, are pumping the brakes. You are going full steam ahead. Well, we we got to. You cannot it. stop, will not stop. Cannot here, stop, right? will not stop. Um, but that being said, um, definitely check that out. Go check out the new episode of the Rock Punch um, Opinions that's up on YouTube now. And then we'll have a bunch more YouTube videos and other stuff coming to you this week. I think that is it. Let me make sure I got my pages and stuff going on here. Oh, yeah, that's it. Let's jump right into it, guys. Now we're going to lead right into the news here. Um, to start us off, some some juicy little news tidbits here. And I'm, I'm really excited to start talking about some of these here. Um, let's jump into the first news bit here that I've got. Uh, Seth, have you heard about this game from this? It's this really small company. I don't know if you've heard about them. Um Microsoft and Xbox, they got this yeah. game called Grounded a little that came out. Indie startup company, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Grounded is out, man. It is. Uh, I have put a couple hours into it. Um, I've heard whispers that we may be playing it at some point in the future. Possibly. Maybe, possibly. Possibly. Allegedly. <laughs> if you follow us here on Twitch and check out our uh, schedule there. But uh, no, uh, uh, number one, uh, Grounded is taking a giant steps. It's. Um, Got over a million players on Xbox Game Preview and Steam Early Access. Uh, this is coming directly from the Xbox Wire here from Adam Brennick. Uh, it's kind of a quick summary there. More than one million players have explored, grounded. Monthly delivery of game updates will begin on August 27th. And uh, you can jump in on Game Preview and Game Pass on Steam Early Access here. Um, Seth, you have played a, a very large chunk more than I have. Tell me, how do you feel about the game and what do you think about this news? I think this is great news. Um, they're po- they're following the, the the game preview approach or early access approach, with it, which I think is really smart for a game of this uh, of this scope and size. A team of about I think it was seventeen individuals made this over two years. So mm-hmm. this is definitely for an, uh, for a developer as large as Obsidian, this is a relatively small uh, production or a or a game so uh what i've played so far is really really fun um you do get kind of get to a point where they say like hey you know more content is coming and uh at this point you know go have fun build your base that kind of thing so i'd say what's there is a little bit thin for right now but given that this is in early access the core of the game the like base building resource finding all of that stuff is there and working and then now they're talking about the monthly updates i honestly get kind of a early days of sea of thieves vibe from this game where if you remember when sea of thieves came out i i think they learned from sea of thieves on how they should do something like this like uh putting it in early access and and because really if you think about the first year of sea of thieves was like monthly content updates just like this where they were adding in new content new items new adventures those kinds of things yeah. and now see if these are sitting you know top five on steam so it's uh i think it's going to work out long term but considering this was kind of a i'd say like a, a minor release from xbox this isn't one of their like big marquee titles you know this isn't going to end up in the the holiday if you remember back in the day they had the holiday panels of like the big games you know it's not going to be a halo this is your fall game say, that i uh... 
Yeah, it's a super fun game, and for people who really like Ark Survival Evolved or The Forest or those kinds of crafting, building games, uh, I even think if someone likes Minecraft, it's definitely... Uh, it's got a lot of similarities to Minecraft with like a day-night cycle. Um, if you like that survival mode, it's it's a really fun game. But I'm not surprised to see it's doing well. I I think that a million like a million players is par standard for new games coming out on uh, Game Pass. It's so easy to try it out on Game Pass. It's just it, it doesn't surprise me. It's doing well. Well, what's also what's been also great is that it's having success on Steam. I know a lot of couple of tweets I've seen. Mm-hmm. Where grounded has been the number one um, game on Steam for a couple times this week, uh, which means that it's the game itself is actually selling. Even even when you have the the best deal in games with Xbox Game Pass, you still have people buying this on PC and on Steam and jumping in and having a really great time with it. So I think that's really cool. Yep. Uh, J.W. Moses in chat says, I will have to add it to the list of other things to try out later this month. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the little bit, I've played maybe five minutes. I started going in, then it got really late and I had to go to bed. But like the little bit of time that I've played with this game, it has been something really special. So it definitely is worth something check, to check out. Yeah. There. All right. Well, one point about it real quick. The spiders will mess you up big time. Like, I got deleted by a spider. He was just like... <laughs> dead like uh but if you are afraid of spiders they have a really cool accessibility setting uh it's called the arachnophobia mode and so essentially if you like absolutely hate spiders yeah you're getting attacked by giant spiders in this game so that might be problematic but it's actually a little slider you can adjust and basically the more you adjust that slider down the more of a i'm gonna say a gelatinous blob the spider becomes so like (laughs) first he like loses all of his like spider like textures right and it just kind of becomes like a polygon that's shaped like a spider yeah and then it like eventually loses the legs so it's just like a floating abdomen and then eventually it just becomes like a, a a white blob but if you're afraid of spiders, that's, you know, that is how I would want to consume spiders in a video game. So that's pretty cool. That's a pretty, it's a pretty nice neat little accessibility thing. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Great on Grounded. Um, a pro tip. We're going to be streaming Grounded this week um, as part of our Rocket Punch Live schedule. So don't miss out on that. We'll jump in more into that game and give you guys a taste of what we feel about it. Um, next up, let's let's talk about. The um, the uh, this is a game that we saw it at, at first, and it was like, okay, the game is cool, looks all right, um, it's fine, this is fine, and then I feel, at least for me, that the is more this I is fine, see, or is it the this is fine at the the, the kitchen table with the flames? <laughs> this is fine, the kitchen table with the flames. Okay, good, good. Um, and then. I feel like as I've seen more and more of the game in these uh, these War Table updates, it's looked better and better, looked more fun now that I've actually gotten to see more of the game here. But um, Marvel's Avengers, uh, Square Enix recently had their beta dates um, popped up here. We finally got we got the second War Table detailing more of the game. We got the beta dates here. Um, keep it short and sweet here. Uh, the beta, if you want to jump in, starts on August 7th for people who pre-ordered on PlayStation then on August 14th for Xbox and PC pre-order um, beta access. And then PlayStation starts their open beta on the 14th. And then on the 21st, 21st it's open beta across all platforms there. Um, Seth, did you get to see any of the War Table? I did not. I, I honestly didn't even know this was happening. And this is probably more of a larger 
discussion, but like I feel like I'm losing track of all the little mini announcements that are happening and everyone's private little thing. But just oh, yeah. since I like I I watched that first War Table and really liked what I saw, but I think this is a game I'm kind of having to wait for. Uh, we're gonna say non first party content. I want to see some like streamers play it. I want to see some reviews about it. Uh, of course, the war tables are going to make it look cool and look appealing because it's a marketing thing. But I'm really interested to see, like, how does the game play? What does the end game look like? Because I'm, I'm really intrigued. Like, it looks so cool. Yeah. And I love Crystal Dynamics and I love the work they did with Tomb Raider. I just don't know if this game is going to fulfill that Avengers fantasy that, that I think people expect it to. Well, so. and, and I'm, I'm, I think that the beta, especially if you've pre-ordered it, um, you'll be able to play it this upcoming weekend. I think it's going to be. Um, I think some streamers are going to definitely jump in. Okay. It's really going to showcase that game. Um, if actually, I might actually do that. I might jump in, maybe streaming next Sunday. Um, oh, you have already forgotten the Destiny beta, <laughs> haven't you? You've already forgotten it. Oh no, we didn't. I didn't forget about the Destiny beta. Oh boy. We're, listen, if I hear the words, man, this is going to be so cool when the full game comes out, and the full game comes out, and we actually got half the game in the beta, then we're going to know. But well, what's what's really cool, and, and it's one of the things I like about the War Tables, which makes me feel mm-hmm. a lot better about this beta, is that there is a wealth of content in this beta. Um, mm-hmm. They've talked like to give quick people a quick rundown. You'll, you're going to play the, of course, the bridge mission. From the okay. trailers that we've seen, uh, they've got two story missions that you'll be able to play as with um, the Hulk and Miss Marvel. Then they have oh, interesting um, choice. Like then, once you beat those, you'll have four characters to play. You'll have Black Widow, Miss Marvel, Hulk, and Iron Man, and you'll be able to play four War Zones, another four Drop Zones, which are different, like smaller scale War Zones. We'll see how different they actually okay. are. And, like, you, you have access to, like, about a 33% of the um, skill tables, all this gear, a couple of other modes and stuff I can't think of right now. Like, the war, if I, definitely, it's, they're really nice and short. They're only about 20 to 30 minutes. But okay. um, if you get a chance, definitely watch the um, war table from July. It really taught, like, all these modes and stuff, it's a pretty chunky beta. Okay. They're, they're really giving people the chance to play this game, um... In its fullest, and that's something I'm really excited to see. That sounds um, interesting. I have to give it a shot. Yeah, most definitely. But again, uh, beta starts August 7th for people who pre-ordered on PlayStation, and then August 14th for people who pre-ordered on Xbox, and then open on the um, PlayStation beta, and then 21st is open for everybody. Have they talked about... Is there console stuff on that? Is there is Spider-Man locked behind? I've been hearing some whispers about there that. There was a rumor t- just today that says that somebody saw something online to suggest that Spider-Man will be in the game and he will be an exclusive pers- uh, exclusive hero for PlayStation. Which That would not be cool. It sucks. I, I thought we were past that. But Sony has control over it, but it still sucks. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I definitely want to get. Or a lot of people are suggesting that if it is, it's going to be like a timed exclusive, like the thirty day window for um, um, Call of Duty, okay, and stuff. So we'll okay. see. That's not confirmed. That's purely That's not rumor confirmed, right now. Yeah. So I just I had heard whispers about it as well, and I was like, was that confirmed or no? I just wanted to kind of make sure I not confirmed yet. Okay. But, man, you are awesome on the segues. Do you know what is confirmed, Seth? Um, story number three 
And uh, this is very awesome and interesting to see here. Um, we, You were not here, and it sucks that you weren't here last week for the um, Halo Infinite um, talk. And I definitely want to get your opinions on this in just a minute mm-hmm. here. But more... It's not even a leak anymore. It's been confirmed. Confirmations, a lot of other details. Um, let's do the great news. Uh, this coming from the official, after like leaks and stuff happened, this officially mm-hmm. came out from Halo's uh, Twitter account here. Um, they're tweeting out, Halo is for everyone. We can confirm Halo Infinite multiplayer will be free to play and support 120 frames per second on Xbox Series X. More details will be shared later. Um, we're going to start, we're going to do this in chunks here. So that's part one of the story. Mm -hmm. Seth, does this do anything for you? All right. So I need you to go back. Hold up. Go back to the screen you were just at. I need you to look at that first tweet right underneath there. We're ready. That's, that's where, that's, that's how I'm feeling about this. That's (laughs) Spartan armor. Uh, this is, this was again, I, I will say this once. I'll say it again. I don't like video game leaks. I think they ruin the fun for everyone. I want you to imagine if we had gotten into August and they had done the multiplayer reveal and then they dropped that at the end. Hey, this is going to be free to play with 120 frames per second. It would have been a bomb drop that people wanted to hear from Halo. But because it got leaked out, they've kind of done that damage control confirmation. Yeah, I I think think it, it it was a game a game page on Microsoft or somewhere. Somebody got a clip of it real quick. In the details, it showed like this game, you know, Halo multi infinite multiplayer will be free to play and run 120 frames. And then they took it off real quick, but everybody had gotten it by then. So, I mean, it it sucks that it leaked, but I think this is awesome news. We are further going down the pathway that Xbox Live Gold is probably going away very soon. And this is, I think this is just leading. Halo is about to become a big three shooter. Like, I think that you're going to have. You think of the big three, you know, big three, uh, just about anything has a big three, right? Like big three battle royales, Fortnite, Apex, Warzone, uh, big three multiplayer shooters, Battlefield, Call of Duty. Now it's going to be Halo, right? Like that is that is going to be millions of players playing all the time. It's going to create such a vibrant user base. And you think about that being on PC. Cameron, I need you to realize something, man. A year ago, you couldn't even play Halo on PC. Period. There was no option unless you somehow found a copy of Halo Original Combat Evolved for PC with the flamethrower, the dope-ass version, but the port from Gearbox, basically. That was the only way you could do it. Now you can play almost the entirety, I'll say, the good part of the Master Chief Collection (laughs) on Mm. PC. And you can, uh, you know, this is going to be day one available on PC, it's just like it's insane to me, like where we are now with Halo. And I know that there's a lot more Halo news that was kind of announced this week, like uh, official statements and responses about visuals and things like that. Despite yeah. all of that, we're gonna talk about that in a second. Yeah, uh, b- despite all that rigmarole, the I think that as a Halo player and a fan, now is the most exciting time for Halo because you're going to be getting a new game with a huge multiplayer. We haven't even seen what that multiplayer is like yet. Yeah. But you've got that going to be there from day one, and then Forge is going to make sure this game lives forever. Like, Forge is just so I good. I, I agree with you 100%, because it was one of the first thoughts I had when this got confirmed, was that, or when it even got leaked, was like, we, you know, it's free to play, it's 120 frames, that would have been a great, like, 
if, if, if they had been able to hold on to that until August or whenever they talked about the mm-hmm. multiplayer and then bam, bam, they'll be like, yeah, um, believe me as, as somebody who watches Sony, does stuff, Sony's been screwed over by leaks to uh, last yeah, part everybody. Two. Uh, um, but, um, the, it, it is really great to see this news. It, it is really awesome to see this. I, I think like having it free to play, I am definitely curious because I had like thoughts like, oh, this this is a lot of people are saying the same things. This has got to mean that Xbox Live Gold is going away. But then I thought about it again, and there were some stipulations like, ooh, well, maybe not necessarily, um, because I think somebody else also leaked and talked about some of the. De- I know one of the details that got talked about with Halo Infinite's multiplayer is that um, it's going to have a battle pass type system. Uh, especially going free to play, and I think that that lends itself very well to the Fortnite formula, um, which is yeah. served. You know, everybody's using the Fortnite formula now. You got Destiny Two's got a battle pass. Apex has a battle pass. Um, I don't know that I've gone on record saying this here on this show, but that I think that battle passes are the best possible way for that post-purchase monetization. I know this is a different combo, but like everyone is like, "Oh, Fortnite does it. Everybody's doing it." And I'm like, dude. Most of the time when I want to play a game, I'm want, I'm feeling it for maybe a month, right? Like, I got into Dauntless for, like, a month, super heavy. Yep. And uh, it was really cool to have a, uh, a kind of a, an opportunity to, like, jump in and unlock this cool stuff and have this advanced progression, and then it just kind of fall off afterwards, right? And I, I don't have to stick with it all the time. So. But, uh, no, it was it's really cool to see that. I was really pumped up and happy for that. Um, that's going to get yeah. a lot. I mean, the fact that the game is going to be on Xbox and PC, it's going to open a lot of doors for a lot of people who maybe didn't have Game Pass, maybe were on the fence about playing Halo Infinite, and now they're like, oh, it's free? Jump it in. Like, day one. No-brainer. Um, yeah. The other part of the story here was that um, we got some more details from the official Halo Waypoint page um, here. Uh, the developers came up, Halo Infinite, uh, they talked about their community update, kind of answered questions that people had about the um, the reveal of the Halo Infinite content last week during the Xbox Game Showcase. Um, I, I wanna, uh, There's like questions about graphics and fidelities. Um, reading, um, read a little bit here on some of their responses here, uh, questions about graphics and visuals. First, we want to acknowledge that, yes, we've heard the feedback coming from parts of the community regarding the visuals in the Halo Infinite campaign demo. While we see and hear far more positive than negative, we do want to share a bit more context. From our perspective, there are two key areas being debated, overall art style and visual fidelity. Uh, Based on our learnings from Halo 4, 5, and Halo Wars 2, along with strong community feedback, we decided to shift back towards the legacy aesthetics that define the original trilogy. With Halo Infinite, we're returning to a more classic art style, which was a key message going back to the very first reveal that garnered enthusiastic and positive responses. This translates to a more vibrant palette, cleaner models, and objects with less noise, though it doesn't mean less detail. While we appreciate this may not be everyone's personal preference, we stand by this decision and are happy to see it resonating with so many fans around the world. The second theme being discussed involves visual fidelity. Negative feedback in this area includes comments around characters and objects appearing flat, simplistic, and plastic-like, lighting feeling dull and flat, and object pop-in. We've read your comments, we've seen the homemade examples of retouched content, and yes, we've heard the digital foundry assessments. In many ways, we are in agreement here. We do have work to do to address some of these areas and raise the level of fidelity and overall presentation for the final game. Um, the build used to run the campaign demo was work in progress from several weeks ago with a variety of gra- graphical elements and game systems still being finished and polished. 
While some of the feedback was expected and speaks to areas already in progress, other aspects of the feedback have brought new opportunities and considerations to light that the team is taking very seriously to working and working to assess. We don't have firm answers or outcomes to share yet, but the team is working as quickly as possible on plans to address some of the feedback feedback around detail clarity and overall fidelity the team is committed and focused on making sure we have a beautiful world for players to explore when we launch um there's a lot more stuff they talk about in here definitely encourage people to go over to the halo Woodpoint article and read it out so seth we never you weren't here last week uh with myself yeah. and nick we talked about the halo infinite demo um quick recap what were your thoughts on the Halo Infinite demo, based on some of the chatter online, and like, what what is this news and this update from um, the community over at Three Four Three Industries do for you? That's a really great question. So I I'm gonna walk you through the phases of, the, of emotion that I went through. So like, when I watched the Xbox event, and you can go back and listen to our uh, our event or uh, our discussion on Console Wars, the most recent episode, right? Yes. Uh, and I think that's in the the main the main podcast feed, so you it's can just also jump on into YouTube the, as well. On YouTube, yeah. So. Uh, I talk a lot about that. I, like my initial, uh, my initial uh, feeling was very excited. Right, I was very excited for that game. I think it looked great. I think that it looked like a game that was definitely being released on two platforms. Uh, one of which is seven years old at this point. So, like that was one of the main considerations that I went into with a lot of the skepticism that came up front. And it's honestly where I first was like, man, Microsoft is about to feel the burn of like committing to that cross generational you know, period for, for these, especially for these launch games, right? Like they're, you know, of course, you know, their competitor is going all in with like, you got to buy the new box and people are praising them for that. And so now it's kind of like, oh, well, you don't really have that. Generally, if someone says you got to buy the new box to play the new game, people are going to be kind of down on that, but that's not the case with, with Sony right now. So like people, people have gotten used to it. I think Xbox is trying to shift that paradigm. And so now people are like, what, what you mean? We don't. Yeah. And so I, like, I think that that's a, so like when I was thinking about it, I was like, man, it really sucks that this is the takeaway, right? Like the people's takeaway from the PlayStation event was ratchet and clank going to be dope. And bug snacks has great music. People's takeaway from this was Craig, the brute. Now I got to say, I love Craig, the brute. (laughs) <laughs> Craig the Brute is my spirit animal, right? And I like I even I want you to know that I had a I had a great reality check and just making sure that I'm on the right path to like not being a petty ass console piece of garbage. Because like I tweeted a meme that was or no, I put it on Reddit because I was stupid and I and I crave internet the invisible internet points. Okay. But okay. I put it on Reddit and it was just a stupid meme where it's like <laughs> Like Darth Vader, like in his in his like pod, right? And the the admiral's like, sir, he, a tr- an urgent transmission. He'd like to speak with you, and it just shows Darth Vader spin around, and it's Craig on the big overlay. <laughs> so like, it's just a stupid meme, right? And uh, and then right after that, JMO subscribed in chat, and so he got a huge no. That wasn't next in the thing, but thank you so much, JMO. That's uh, actually that's, the, that's not JMO. Uh, JW Moses actually gifted oh, a JW tier Moses, one I'm sub. Sorry. Um, to Phelan Faster. So thank you very much, J.W. Moses. And Phelan Faster, you better give him a pat on the back. You get access to some emotes and the post show. I'm so sorry I messed up, uh, J.W. Moses. Um, Yes, uh, you have a a mission, Phelan Faster. You've got to spam those emotes in chat. I need you to spam the emotes in chat. It's the only way to save the galaxy. you got to do it. Your only hope. it's our, you're, you're, help us, help us fail and faster. You're our only hope. You, you served my father in the Clone Wars, <laughs> and now we need you. Um, no, okay, so j- jumping back in there. I 
so I, at that point I was kind of like, okay, you know what? Let's laugh along with it and uh, just accept the fact that like, hey, you know what? It is a bit of a downer that people have really latched on to these visuals. But at the end of the day, I don't really care. Halo is going, it looks great. I, I want to pull out the specific quote here that's like, uh, I think it's at the end of that second paragraph. While we appreciate yeah. this may not be everyone's personal preference, we stand by the decision and are happy to see it resonating with so many fans around the world, period. And I agree. I think that that art style looks really exciting. I didn't really like the shininess of Halo 4 and 5, and so I like that they're going back to feeling more like Space Marines mm-hmm. and feeling more like uh, a real gritty kind of realistic galaxy and that means because what's important to me is that when you're on the halo ring right the halo ring is supposed to be something that's very alien right and so i want the chief and his weapons and the ships and things like that to look very like space marini i want the cover the covenant should be like shiny and create you know kind of crazy and alien looking but like the halo ring itself is it predates both the humans and the the covenant right and so like yeah. it should have its own unique personality and i think they they captured that best in halo one and so trying to kind of harken back to that i think is a wise choice and i'm really excited to see what they have to show beyond what they showed that campaign demo right i think that campaign demo was uh was a really good look at the game but it also you know digital foundry brought up some great points about the time of day that that was taking place in uh, it's taking place in a time of day where you're generally muted on color. There's uh, a really good video. It's a secondary video that they released specifically about the Halo Infinite demo and about lighting. I would encourage everyone to what watch I'm that. About. Yeah, that was a really good video detailing like how the the big problem that they had with that demo was the lighting and the way that the light was hitting mm-hmm. everything, and that was part of the reason why stuff felt flat in the, yeah. um, in there. It was really really cool um, to watch. So go watch that video on Eurogamer's website. Um, yeah. The one question I didn't have on the sheet here, but one I actually um, remember. I, I know also that Microsoft and three four three have confirmed since we're talking about shiny things that a big next gen feature, which is ray tracing, won't be on Xbox or won't be on Halo Infinite at launch. Mm-hmm. It will be coming in a, a patch later on. Is that going to be like a day one patch, or if it's going to be like a week or two after that fact? I don't know. Do you think that's going to? Do you think that may hurt in the long run? Because I know that ray tracing is a big kind of next-gen feature that a lot of console gamers are looking forward to. Um, or do you think that the fact that it's coming, just it, it's a non-issue? It's, I, it's, I, I'm not going to say it's a non-issue. It is definitely people, ex, when you sell a box, right? When you sell the package, that people are expecting that to be the experience you want them to have. Anything beyond that should be an enhancement or an upgrade, right? Uh, so I think the fact that it's being added in later shows you that this game is, although it's been in development for a very long time, they're still trying to get everything finished, right? This is a game that's going to come out and then have some have some work to be done, and I don't think that that, that works in their favor, right? I think that that's going to be a bit of a cloud that hangs over this. At the end of the day, however, Halo is a gigaton franchise. Halo multiplayer being free-to-play on PC and Xbox is gigaton news, and the fact that, and I think this transcends just Halo, this is all Game Pass offerings. Game Pass is allowing Halo to stop with this continual Halo 5, 6, 7, 8. Like, we don't need that. Now we can focus on building the best Halo experience possible on Xbox, right? Right now, Xbox is going to be, 
if I'm being generous, maybe 20% of the player base will be on Series X and the other 80% will be on Xbox One and PC, right? That's just a generous guess, right? Like I, that, it may be much smaller than that after the first month. It could be much bigger but, than that, so. Well, and, and I think it makes a lot more sense that once that number of people who are running on high-end PCs and the Series X maybe gets closer to 40, 50%, yeah, let's prioritize those next-gen features at that point because then you can kind of have this fun little like, hey, season season two is starting. Ray tracing's in the game. We've added in, you know, a new battle pass and this one we've added in a new vehicle. Like that's the kind of stuff I expect them to start doing with Halo versus where we've had in the past where it's like, Oh, here's a new, uh, like a new map pack, right? Like they may add in a new map for multiplayer or something, but like at the end of the day, Halo infinite is going to be a games as a service in the way you want it to be. Whereas they're going to be constantly updating the open world. They're going to constantly be updating multiplayer. And so if it's going to take them a little bit of time to get that stuff, right. Sure, go ahead and take you know take the time you need to get it done. That's always my policy. To answer your question, is this a problem at launch? Yeah, of course it is. Like people want everything day one, but the reality of it is, is like I want Halo first, ray tracing later. If that's what it's going to take, right? I want a game that works. I don't want Master Chief Collection again. I don't want day one yeah. connectivity I, issues. I don't I think want that. that. I think that the fact that they're getting. The fact that they're, pri- I agree, like prioritize the game first because they don't need another Halo um, Master Chief Collection debacle. And I think that if you, it's a, the fact that they're getting ahead of it now and saying, hey, ray tracing, it's going to be coming, but just not at launch, will kind of help stem the blow. Because if we had gotten up to like October, November, or whenever this game's coming out, and then we find out that ray tracing isn't in there, so a lot of gamers are going to be real mad. I, I, I just really I'm tired of having to stem the blow, I guess that's the and I don't know if this is I don't know if this is an Xbox thing or if this is a, a messaging thing. Like, I'm sure that there are there are things happening with every with EA games, with Activision games, with with Sony games. There's a ton of things that are always happening. It just feels like when Microsoft does it, the megaphone gets put to it and the magnifying glass gets put to it. And that's all anyone talks about because it's this huge cloud. And I, and I wonder if it's just because halo is that big, right? Like is halo that big of a franchise? Well, I, think, I think, I think the big thing that I, I don't know, I would say that I, I think probably the big thing is it, it is a big franchise. And I think it's a franchise mm-hmm. that people care about. I think that's more so than that. I think people care about halo. They've loved halo. I love halo. You love halo. We all love halo. And we want to see it succeed. And halo has yeah. just had some, tough runs as of late in their releases with the issues with Halo Master Chief Collection being primarily the big one, the Halo 5 Guardians single-player campaign, which did not review very well for a lot of people. Um, I think coming into here, I think a lot of people are hoping and wanting. I mean, we haven't had a Halo game for five years, a mainline game in that. 343's been chilling out. They've been working hard on this game, and I think a lot of people are really, really wanting to have a strong front runner in the Xbox Series X camp to lead yep. the charge with Game Pass and with the systems and all this other stuff. And Halo Infinite is the clear one. Yep. Uh, they just want it, you know. Gamers are going to be gamers. They're going to, you know, people want what they want. And I, yep. I, 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 I will agree, like, not having. And I'm sure we're going to see it, and it's going to suck, but I think once it, you know, it's just a time thing. Like, people are going to come up and say, you know, oh, uh, no ray tracing on the world's most powerful console? You know, that's going to happen. But again, the fact that they jumped ahead of things, and they're telling people, um, hey, look, it's coming. 
we're still working on it. It'll come in a patch later. I just hope, I think my yeah. big thing is it can't be like super late. It can't be like we're releasing the patch in February of 2021. It's got to be like within a few weeks of that or people are, uh, people are going to be less inclined. I think some people are not going to be happy with it if it takes too long. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I to answer your original question, I am very excited to get my hands on Halo. The visuals did not turn me off. I do not feel like it is a subpar game. I feel like I this is the next gen Halo that I have always wanted. I loved my time with Halo 5 Warzone. I think it was really great. And hearing that they're moving away from that loot box method that Warzone used into a more of a uh battle pass progression type of thing and also mm-hmm. the idea of it's just going free to play is going to mean those lobbies fill up so much faster there's so much more gaming uh to be had and the matchmaking when i rank matchmake it's going to match me with people that are my skill level because there's so many people playing right and i think that's what's important to that experience so yeah i'd agree, agree. next up number four here on the news <laughs> um man everybody's been so excited we're finally getting some awesome news I want you to imagine this the meme, the 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 black guy who's like, yeah, Splinter Cell has some new content coming. Now imagine the oh face. It's an anime series here. But don't don't feel too bad because it looks like it's in good hands here. Um, number four here is um, Splinter Cell anime series is coming uh, from John Wick writer Derek Kolstad, set as a Netflix exclusive here. Apparently Netflix and Ubisoft have teamed up. For an animated an anime series adaptation of Splinter Cell, um, and Derek Kolstad, who's best known for his work writing the John Wilt film franchise, will serve as writer and executive producer. Uh, according to sources, the series has received a two season, sixteen episode order at the streaming service. Um, Seth, what is is this doing anything for you? Because I'm like, I love Splinter Cell. I'm excited. It's anime too. I love anime, so I'm definitely going to watch this. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch this. I'm super excited about this. I think Splinter Cell is such a cool world. I will go ahead and let you know that next year at E3, Ubisoft, whatever they end up doing, if it's at E3 or Ubisoft Connect or whatever, we're getting a new Splinter Cell. Like, there is no way that they bring this franchise back like this Mm -hmm. and not have a game there to follow it up. Look at what The Witcher did for The Witcher 3 sales, right? That game charted. As soon as like, it charted number one on Steam, as soon as that Netflix series came out. So you have this really awesome series. And I think that this is smart, like making a series from someone who is like you asked me what, you know, what would be the most Splinter Cell like content that you could consume? John Wick would be up there, right? Like it is very much like a one man army killing yes, machine. You're right. It's just John Wick's a little less uh, subtle with his. <laughs> with his killing, yes, he, his he doesn't have to sneak around, kids. But what we try, but one of the things that John Wick gets really right is that the intrigue between these different spies, right? Like, like because John Wick, say what you will about the film, it's a spy movie, right? It's a movie about assassins doing assassiny things, right? And hidden guns, improvised weapons, all the things that made like old Bond fight scenes great. John Wick is, and if you can take that and put that in that Splinter Cell universe and pull that like rich lore that that we have with like Sam Fisher and, and, and all of his like international escapades. I think this would be a really cool show. The, they got to make another one of these games. you got to stop beating around the bush. We need more Splinter Cell, dude. Like it will maybe it is, now that they've gotten rid of that one guy who was the head of Ubisoft, um, who was doing all this crazy stuff behind the scenes. Oh, maybe yeah. we'll actually get yeah. um, a proper sequel to Splinter Cell. We don't know. 
Yeah, no, Ubisoft has always talked about stuff that's coming within the like six to twelve months. They're not ones to really talk about. Like Gods and Monsters was really the only thing they ever announced that was like more than a year out uh, that I can remember. And so I feel like within the next year we're going to hear about new Splinter Cell that goes with this. So, but we see. I'm excited, but uh, until then we have the anime to look forward to. So get excited yeah. for that. Um, can I can I add one little doodad in real quick? Go ahead. Do it. Speaking of Netflix anime, I've been list- I've been watching this Transformers War for Cybertron, dude. Oh my, dude. You got to get on that, man. It is. I, listen, I, look, my, my camera can't even focus on the hype. <laughs> it can't even stay focused on the hype. The pure Transformers love okay. that that show has is so, it is so pure and innocent. Is this a show that like a nine-year-old or eight-year-old kid is going to really love? No, because it is about the Cybertron Wars. Like it is a, it is a war drama about Transformers. <laughs> I love it, dude. I have to check it out. I didn't I, know it was on there. It. It's yeah, it just came out this week, and okay. it's, uh, it's going to be three parts. So it's like three seasons, but they're calling them chapters, and each one has like I think six or seven episodes. So it's like okay. a, they're basically three movies they're going to be making over cool. the next. It'll be awesome. Let's check that good. out. Um, I feel it only proper with your title and your history with the series that we yes. let you handle the last news story of the um the 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 page here. What what's what's number five here? All right, so number five is Star Wars Squadrons uh, is not going to be receiving a next-gen update. So this comes from uh, OpenCritic.com. And essentially what this means is that Star Wars Squadrons is coming out. It is being released for uh, the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. It, Of course, that means through backwards compatibility, it will be able to play on... PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X through backwards compatibility. But um, quote from uh, from the, uh, sorry, uh, first name, I, yeah. sorry, Ian Frazier. Yeah. Uh, he says, we're not planning a separate version of the game for next-gen consoles, but yes, the backwards compa- cat- compatibility should work. Um, so this is a $40 release. I can tell you, as a big fan of Star Wars Battlefront 2 uh, in its later years, uh, this is the same team that was working on that game, uh, or okay. some of, one of the same teams that was working on that game, working on this. I can tell that this game, the scope for this game is much narrower than Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2 was designed to be a, a huge giga franchise buster, okay. and it was from a sales perspective, but it was not from a retention and impacts perspective, right? Like, that game is infamous, if nothing else, right? <sighs> That's true. Good point. I think it's what they've done here is they've narrowed it down. They've made it a much more focused experience. It's a $40 experience. And yeah, they're setting the expectation. This is going to be a game that plays just fine on next gen, but was scoped and designed to be a current gen game because at $40, you want the maximum number of people engaging, right? They're not pushing the graphics to, you know, ray tracing levels. They're, they're really focused on just making a good star Wars flight sim. So, yeah, it's, I'm excited to see what what that game has got. I, I really yeah. am. Um, show me what you got. <laughs> let's show you guys what we got here. We're done with news, guys. Let's jump into our topic of the show. Um, I really kind of I kind of fought hard to see anything news wise. I mean, we could have we could have dug deep into Halo, could have jumped in the War Table, done a lot of other stuff here. But I figured we have a, a, a nice somewhat lighthearted topic for the sh- of the show this and, and you know what's funny is we normally do usually the end of june middle of july 
we've normally always had like a the gaming game of the year progress report where we would sit down and really discuss like what are our games of the year so far but i really wanted to kind of make that conversation a little bit more fun and a little bit more varied instead of i think a lot of people if you follow games media and us generally you know some of the big games that are out there that are pretty heavily considered for games of the year so far so I figured this time we're going to do something fun. Uh, topic of the show is our favorite games of 2020 so far. Um, we have given us the Wikipedia list. Uh, myself and Seth have a list of games. Um, what we're really going to do is just talk about some of our favorite games that have come out this year already. And um, why we like them so much. I mean, some of the games that we've played, some, a lot of the new games that we've jumped in here and played, like, what are some of these new games that we, we've put our hands on? Why, why, why have, they, have they grabbed grabbed us so much? Why have we had so much fun with these games? Um, so, I will let Seth go first. Seth, what's going on? All right, so I've got these listed in kind of a pseudo-chronological order because I... It is impossible to talk about video games this year without talking about uh, the pandemic that we are in. I think that it has changed the way that okay. a lot of people consume video games. And so I want to provide the right context at the right checkpoints as we go through this. Um, right. So the first game that I've really enjoyed this year is not one that anyone's really going to be able to guess, but I loved it. Uh, it's called Murder by Numbers. Uh, do you know what this game is, Cameron? I have heard this game... But let me give you the elevator pitch. Okay, please do. So Murder by Numbers is a Picross-like game, but it is framed such that it is a murder mystery. So instead of just solving Picross puzzles, now, do you know what a Picross puzzle is? Yes, sort of. Sort of. Okay, it's basically like a grid. uh, It's a pictograph puzzle is what they're commonly referred to. But basically, you'll... You, you, you basically fill in dots or, or sorry, squares in a in a grid to build some kind of picture. And the way that you do that is it, it gives you numbers on each row and column that dictate like how many subsequent or cells in that in that particular row or column are colored in. Right. And so you kind of it's kind of this weird like reverse Sudoku that you have to kind of solve the puzzle. Uh, they're very, very fun. And if you know if you know what Procross is, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But. This entire game is framed around you're solving these murders and you're collecting evidence and the evidence collection is solving these pictograph puzzles, right? Okay. And what uh, to kind of glue this all together, you're like, okay, what what are you telling me, Seth? Where's the hook? The hook is the music is done by the same composer who made the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney music. Oh, so you snap. can already imagine the, the 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 look and feel of this game is very vibrant and colorful, even though it's you know, of course talking about like murder. Not a bright, vibrant uh, topic per se, but the music is just like super bubbly. When it gets intense, it goes, dun, 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 you know, like it really gets like catchy and and like and and intense and like that fun jingle kind of way. Mm. And I, it's just man, pu- like solving these puzzles, I could just do it for hours. I just love <laughs> the cross puzzles. And as soon as they added this in, the only complaint I really have about the game is sometimes I feel like there's too much chit chat before I get to the next puzzle. But okay. fortunately, they do? give you, you as you go through the game, fortunately, you unlock these memories because uh, one of the big components of the game is you have an uh, like a cyborg or sorry, like a robot companion. 
and robot companion is unlocking memories and these memories are accessible from the main menu and it's just straight up puzzles it's just collections of puzzles that you get so as you play the game you kind of unlock more as a backlog that you can at any time you could exit the game go solve a puzzle or two get back in the game and and do some of the mystery slew things but i've loved this game i played it on switch um i think it was i think it came to other platforms i'm not actually sure i'd have to check on that but um murder by numbers let me let me check and see but uh oh this was a switch game so okay uh it also came to pc sorry so pc and switch but it is just go look up the trailer you'll know exactly what this is from the trailer it is super vibrant i've heard this game i just you're probably right when i see the trailer i'll know know. yeah it's it's definitely got that that phoenix right vibe to it uh very fun very fun Okay, my uh, I'll get an easy one out of the way here. One of my favorite games of 2020 is definitely got to be um, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, it, it, I haven't had a chance to talk about it much, but I've I've played a lot more. I'm hoping to get some game capture footage so I can get a, a review, a Rock Punch review done for the channel. But um, Ghost of Tsushima is a really... It, you, as you continue to play more and more, it's like... It's like, you know, the, um, I mean, this is a horrible example, but like the, the meals at, um, crystals, the little, the breakfast stackers where at the first top, you just got like some, some eggs. You're like, oh, this is good. It's good. Then you start like, as you continue to dig down, there's like sausage and grits and gravy and all this other stuff that's really, really good. And I think that's really what sums up, um, me and Ghost of Tsushima right now is that they're, I, I've, there's so many layers and so much fun that you have with this game. As I continue to play more and more, I'm like, you know, not even just like with, oh, I'm running a, it's, it, I have a, I'm not going to say all the way, but like a very Witcher-esque vibe where like, okay, I'm going to this location to take care of this thing. And as I'm going there, oh, this bird, this little yellow bird flops up into my view. Oh, let me follow it. Oh, I'm, it took me to this side quest that I can talk to. Or, ooh, what's this? A fox is on the ground. Fox den. Got it. Stop. Fox den. Go to the fox den. Um, but I think that what's really drawn me a lot to this game is not only the aesthetic, kind of the um, feudal Japan era, but also the the stories that it tells. I think if, if you peel away the coat, I think a lot of the quests are pretty streamlined. They're pretty standard. Nothing too out of the ordinary. You have a couple special ones here and there. Um, nothing like The Witcher. But when you with that coat on, it tells a lot of interesting stories. And you, you, I feel like I meet all these different characters and people in the world of Tsushima. Um, as I go around and basically become the badass samurai or stealthy ninja, whichever one you want to do. And it kind of like... I can feel the power. Like as I continually... Do I feel like, you know, Seth, you always talk about the numbers going up. Like, as I do more things, my numbers go up, whether it's stats, equipment that I can, or um, supplies that I can use to upgrade my equipment, um, to make my weapons better, to use tools, anything like that. And then I I feel myself getting better playing the game, and like, stealthily, I can shoot people, you know. I just got, I, I had a half bow, which is a short bow. Now I've got the full bow, like the big dog, like it like shoots the heavy arrows. And like, even if you have an armor he- helmet on, it's like, whoop, you're dead. Oh, nice. Um, Very nice. And so like going around and starting to, to play around with that, it's just the, the, the game is really, really fun. 
I think that aesthetic is something that's very unique, and I think it helps well to that game. Because I think I think the aesthetic is the big reason why that game is awesome and successful. I don't... If it had been another kind of skin on there, depending on what it is, I'm not sure if it would have done well. Um, but it, we talked about last week how well it did with its sales. But the world is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Uh, sometimes I just want to run through this land and just watch the the leaves flow, the wind blow, the ocean kind of cascade across the rocks there. Um, this game, I'm talking about this game like this and I'm not even I'm not even halfway through like so I'm the island is oh, yeah. split and I'm in one half of the island and I've only covered I've only like tracked down maybe 50% of the stuff on the isle on that part and there's still a whole section that's bigger than that one above yeah. me. And so I just, I've really had a really good time with Ghost of Tsushima. It, it's quickly come up as one of my favorite games that I've played this year. Um, and definitely, I think it's definitely worth playing if you're um, a big fan of that aesthetic. So, Have you been playing with Kurosawa mode? I have not yet. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm playing through regular mode with English um, just to keep it simple for me. I'm definitely... Yeah. I, I want to. There are going to be times where I want to jump in and actually play with the black and white in the Kurosawa mode, for sure. Very nice, for sure. All right, what's next uh, for you? My next one. So after Murder by Numbers, I wanted to play something that was kind of fresh and new, uh, but also a return to one of my favorite games from the early Xbox One generation, and that is the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, which was a Ori and the Will of the Wisp. A Game of the yes, Year contender okay. in, in many books, in mine included. Uh, Will of the Wisps, an absolutely gorgeous game. God, what a beautiful game. It is so full. Like it, that They were able to capture that watercolor palette. Like It feels like the whole game is made in wa- watercolor. Just like Cuphead captured that whole game. Feels like a 1920s cartoon. Like This game just feels like a painting, right? Start to finish. And so... Uh, this game took much more of the, like, Shovel Knight, sorry, not, not Shovel Knight, uh, Hollow Knight approach to being a little bit more combat-focused, yes. having upgrade trees and an overworld that was kind of more about, you know, fighting combat encounters, but also doing some tricky platforming and things like that. So I think they did a great job making a sequel to Ori, right? The original Ori in the Blind Forest was such a fun and interesting platformer. And they've been able to add in combat and a lot of new puzzles and tons of new content that just made that game just made you want to soak it all up. And I think that that is just such a strong example of of games that that tend to get overlooked. Like, I think this game launched with maybe some technical issues on the Xbox. And so that kind of put a damper on things from the start. The Xbox side. Oh, Leon the Gray. Thank you for the sub, sir. Twelve months. You're back, bitches. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, yeah, we're talking about uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. The uh, basically Ori came out and said, "I'm back, bitches!" Like, <laughs> that's, basically, that's what happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. A uh, beautiful game, and I think that yeah, I played it on PC, so I didn't run into any of the technical problems that people were running into. But mm-hmm. it was absolutely gorgeous. A game of the year contender for sure. Uh, in a very busy year of game of the year contenders, but it was uh, yeah, such a beautiful game. Like just. What a great game. I loved every minute with it, and I cannot uh, wait to see what's next for that, for Moon Studio, to see what they're working on next. Because I don't know if, if more Ori's on the plate, but 
May uh, I love the key. They announced this week that they're partnering with Private Division to publish ah. an action RPG game. Oh, cool. That is their awesome. next project. Oh. That's what they're working on. I would say Oregon the Will of the Wisp is a beautiful love letter to to fans of that series. That's a great great wrap up for that. So I loved it. Okay. Let me dig through my list here. Um, next up on my list, I think I'm going to talk about is um, Journey to the Savage Planet. I this was a game that I had no idea what I was getting, like what this game was. It was weird, dude. Year. Um, but it, it's quick. I had a blast with that. I've streamed it. I've re- recorded a video of it once. But uh, this game is basically you are this. What, what you would say? You're like this pride. You're part of this company, and they send you on this planet to kind of study its inhabitants and explore and learn and get resources and stuff like that. There's a very No Man's Sky-like vibe there. But just the the colorful aesthetic, the controls, um, all this other stuff is really, really cool to see. I, I Like the platforming, the jumping, and like kind of how the puzzles work, exploring it. You could do this game co-op. Which is really cool. I think myself and Will at the time, we actually played the game together. Mm-hmm. And that was super, super dope. Um, but no, I, I had a really good time getting a chance to explore this world that um, in the Journey to the Savage Planet had a whole lot of fun. It was like a smaller indie game I had on Epic Game Store. But I just, those, those No Man's Sky vibes really helped out. And then exploring and seeing all the different like biomes and seeing the different creatures and like learning how to take them down. And then some of the humor that's in this game is pretty funny, especially when you like die and you respawn on the ship. Uh, we're super hilarious. And like as you get, it's just so very cool that sense of discovery. Like you see this huge open world, but like some places you can't reach. But as you get like the jetpack boost now you can boost up to the next level now you can go explore this area and then when you get like the rocket shoes or something i don't know you you, you go to this area over here and exe- the the grappling hook you can swing over to this area over here and etc cetera, etc cetera. like yeah. dirty the savage planet's really really fun really cool um i've had a really good time with it it's been one of my most memorable experiences this year for sure yeah it's kind of t- it's kind of got a weird like metroid prime kind of vibe to it because it is like a first person shooter yeah. but it's got like, like you were talking about those upgrades, they allow you to get access to the new areas that you have probably run across. Like you go back to other areas and you're like, oh, there's a grapple point I can grapple to. Or now I can double jump so I can get to that area I couldn't get to before. Uh, I also want to, I've played a little bit of this. I want to highlight just how ridiculous this game is. I feel like you were like, oh, it's like No Man's Sky. And like No Man's Sky is like, it's a massive world. Explore the universe. Find the secret to life. This is literally like you are working for the fourth. The fourth. Yeah, they stress that. It's the, 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 we're the fourth best inner space like exploration pioneer program. And every time you go back to your ship, you're getting hit with ads for like meat buddy. Like throw your meat buddy is great. Yeah, like, wasted meat parts you put them in this box and they become like a furby made of meat and you've got just these crazy zany uh fmv cutscenes or videos i guess with back to base this game is just absolutely zany it is it's really zany definitely worth checking out i believe it's on game pass so it is on game pass that's how i've been playing it yeah so definitely check that out but no that's been uh, one of my games that i've enjoyed with this year Nice. nice all right next for me now, we're getting into the juggernauts. The biggins. 
All right. So right around this time, we're getting to, we're getting kind of into that mid March time frame. The world is beginning to crumble to pieces. The world is falling apart. Uh, stock market is crashing. Lava falling from the sky. Of course. Everything's happening. Lo, and for lo, dost thou come upon a white steed on that hill so high. Nintendo, with waving the giant banner of Animal Crossing New Horizons to save us from this horrible year. Oh, man. They came with legions of cute animal critters with a full-on Animal Crossing game on Nintendo Switch, complete with house-building Island customization, stock market mess, you know, manipulation, uh, online visiting of other islands, everything Animal Crossing fans have been clamoring for. They packed into this one game, vacation themed, so we could even pretend to escape from our real world, which we were now trapped in our home. Man, Animal Crossing New Horizons, one of the best entries into the series, period. A absolute delight just to play like it is it's still you can go back to it right now there's new content in the game they're adding new stuff all the time and animal crossing new horizons what what can i say you put a godzilla statue on your island dude like you get the easter island statue on the island you get six of them boom line them up you want to open your island to people boom you've been you've been bombarded people are stealing shit left and right it's great i love you it you Online trade in perfect. the tournament market boom there you go you talk to That's somebody it. on sunday get in the seven and a half hour queue you can sell your turnips for you know 700 bells a piece like here you go what wait in this digital line like <laughs> it's like animal crossing created this cultural touch point that stuff like pokemon go does right like it transcended just like normal video games right like we're gonna you you talked a little bit about um ghost of tsushima like it gets talked about a lot within like the gaming culture but animal crossing broke outside that this is yeah. when switch stored shortages started happening this was when every little detail about this game was just like consumed by everybody right there were uh oh these are the fish to catch here's the tips for catching you know the the fish for this month right and like even at the end of march people were like you got to catch this really rare fish otherwise the sturgeon's gonna go away you know like that that kind I'm there. of culture. I'm, 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 I'm in that. I have to be in there. Yep. Oh, can't, I got to stop. I got to, got to, you got to get it. You got to get, get it. Fish. And it was just so fun to follow that. And if it's a new animal crossing game coming out is always an event for the first month or so as people are, you know, cause basically the core community all gets there together, right? Like on the second mm-hmm. day, unless you're one of those buttheads who do time skipping, in which case delete, delete, Anyways, I digress. But, like, it was really fun the second day where, you know, oh, now we've unlocked the shop. Oh, and the third day, now we've unlocked this. Like, if people were following through everything they could do each day, we all as a community were kind of going together. So, man, I love Animal Crossing New Horizons. I think that that game has still got a lot of life left in it. And I, I'm super pleased to see that they're finally adding in some of those features like island sinking. Uh, that's been the hugest like yeah. terror for me is like if my switch gets destroyed or something that I'm going to lose access to my island. Yeah, it's gone. But now they're going to allow you to sync it up. So yeah, that's going to be really awesome. Animal Crossing: New Horizons again, another game of the year contender, juggernaut of the year. Yeah, JW Moses says I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to get yeah. back into it. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, it's it, a game I'm going to circle back to. If, if I'm not mistaken, it like it has it's the best selling Animal Crossing game. Period. Period. No other game has beaten it like across 
from the first one until now, no other game has been in sales. Yeah. And so that's pretty impressive. pretty impressive. It came at the exact right time, too. Like, it hit right as the pandemic really started to hit the U.S. Yeah. And people really wanted something to get their mind off of how negative everything was. And, and I mean, like I said, Animal Crossing, Nintendo came in waving that banner of just like, come here to feel good. And we loved it. We still love it. I, I love this game and adore it. And I am so excited for to see how it's going to grow for years to come. So, yeah. Agreed. Um, let's see here. Next on my list. Uh, what do I want to pick? What You know what? Let's just do the easy one. Because everybody, if you're watching this right now. You're sitting at home, either listening or watching, whatever, and saying, Cameron, stop playing with us. We know what's, we know one of the games that's on the list. You just need to come out and tell us this game and just start talking about it and get it out of the way. So let's get out of the way. Final Fantasy VII Remake is on this list, 100%. Like, it's, it's, it couldn't, could not be on this list. No, I, Final Fantasy VII, for oh good, I'm glad my boy Cloud is up in the corner here too. He's gonna he's gonna hop us up here. Um, the the remake was really something special um, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, number one, like the the work they did graphically with this game uh, was very well done. I, I I remember even then, like it was using Unreal Engine four. It looked great. There were still a couple of times where I would see some like pop in or some like maybe some hair or something looked a little off there, but seeing my the characters that I played with when I was a kid on this like this polygon-esque style with the short hands like you know you, they, you didn't see their mouth move or anything and then to actually like play them fully fleshed out with full voiceover in this world was just something special for me and yeah. I, I really really enjoyed it and I think even more so is the care that Square Enix took with this game. I mean, we got this announced back in 2014, 15? It was E3 of Dreams, whenever that was. 13 or 14. It was a couple of years back. It wasn't 13. It wasn't 13. I think it was, okay. I think it was 15. It, okay, it might have been 15. But I, I remember it, like it getting announced, like, oh, this is coming, this is going to be really cool. But, you know, there was still a lot of skepticism on, like, are they going to hit the mark? People are hyped for this game. Is it going to hit, live to the hype? And I think it really did. I think they, like, even to a certain extent, they broke out of that hype and they were able to pull in people who had never played Final Fantasy games before to jump mm-hmm. in and play and, and sell really well, especially with the fact that it's only on, right now it's only on PlayStation. I imagine that game is going to come to PC at some point here in the near future um but the the remake has been just awesome and the care they took not only with the game the final fantasy property as a whole but also still continue to inject new things and things that didn't happen before into this game and kind of chart their own path uh, which i'm not going to spoil it for anybody if you want to play it but it was really, really cool. It was really special uh, that the last, the last couple, like the last part of the game, as you're escaping Midgar, is just a fucking roller coaster. Like, yeah, keep going, keep going. I'm just like the, the the final boss fights were like very intense, and it was. It, I will say that it was one of those boss fights where it's like. Everybody's health is low. You're like, oh god, I'm gonna die. Burn it. Burn, burn the boss. Burn the boss. Burn the boss. And like, you have a sliver of health, and you get the last one. You're like, yes. You just drop to the floor. Like, we did it. 
Um, it, it's really something special. I'm, I'm, I think they've done a really great job. I think that for all the talk of like how long it take, took to make the game, I think in the end, I'm very happy that they took the time they needed. Sure, we complained that it was taking too long, but if they had rushed it, I don't think we would have gotten the experience we did. Um, I'm really curious to see what part two is going to hold. Um, I'm sure, I hope, that it's going to look great in that Unreal Engine 5. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but no. I fun. mean, your your grandkids will see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they will. I remember when part one came out. <laughs> but no, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I had an absolute blast with that game. I love it to death. On my short lists for um, my personal game of the year. Uh, uh, but it's really good. If you haven't played play it. Back a box quote, but uh, it's really good. <laughs> yes, yes, but uh, dot dot dot. It's real good. It's real good. Uh, yeah, I was wondering when that one would come up. I was like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be somewhere on his list. It's gotta be somewhere on his list. It has to be. Uh, I feel like I, I can't. I have to put it on here. So, so this is the point where I get a little retro retrospective with my list and start to realize that I believe when it comes to my gaming taste this year, it has been become become the mind of a child and escape from the reality of 2020 because when i look at my murder by numbers super fun colorful puzzle game or in the will of the wisp explore the adventurous forest together with your friends animal crossing new horizons hang out with super cute stuffed animals on the super cute island and now moving into the other of the i guess you'd say the mega franchises for young people uh Minecraft Dungeons, another game that yeah, came out this year. Yeah. Uh, right. Absolutely loved every minute with this game. Still working on getting the 1K on this. We're we're on the final difficulty, and uh, me and my friend that were uh, co-oping, we, you and me co-oped this for a little bit on yes, Rocket Punch Live. But I've been I've been co-oping this with one of my multiplayer buddies for a majority of my playthrough. We're on the last difficulty. We've got maybe four or five more levels left before the final boss on the last difficulty. And then the new DLC, we have the Hero Pass, so the new DLC, as it comes out, we're going to have access to that as well. We've already played the jungle level a little bit. I love Minecraft Dungeons. I hate is going to hate, but this is a really fun Diablo-like action RPG. It is uh, very, you know, it's definitely not the deepest game in the world, but that's okay. I wanted something like that. I think it's a perfect Game Pass game. It is something you can jump into, you you know your progression isn't necessarily level based. It kind of follows that destiny methodology of your gear provides the power, mm-hmm. so it provides a really smooth level curve uh, or power ramp into higher difficulties. Uh, I also like how each difficulty tier. So there's three main tiers of difficulty. You can kind of adjust each level's difficulty within that tier. So if you wanted to go back um, to the first level and play it on a difficulty that's matched to where you currently are in that playthrough, you can, because each level has its own unique drop sets. So, like, if I needed an enhanced sword, I could go back to level 1 or level 5 or level 6, right? That's mm-hmm. where the swords are going to drop. So it incentivizes playthroughs, multiple playthroughs. And honestly, I just, like, I loved the fact that they gave Minecraft a shot for being a frame for something else, right? Like, Minecraft has always been a game full of other games, right? Just like Roblox and just like Fortnite. Like, people make new games inside the game, right? Yeah. Uh, some some people argue that, like, the earliest Battle Royale was Minecraft Hunger Games, right? Back in the PUBG days. 
uh, they basically built a battle royale on Minecraft. So people have been experimenting with like using Minecraft as a platform. Essentially, they just did this. Like Mojang made a Minecraft game, you know, a, a Diablo game in the Minecraft world. And it was just really cool to see them experiment and try something new. Uh, really fun to play co-op, perfect couch co-op game with a friend or online with up to, I think up to four people can play online. Uh, so I think so. Yeah. So, and I think you can play four people couch co-op as well. So it's a, it's a really great, man. I just love Minecraft dungeons. I, and I'm going to play all the DLC. I expect to one K that game. Hold it. We'll hold them to it. Yep. Heard it here first. He's going to one K. Yeah. We'll see. Going to one K. Um, good game. I definitely, I considered putting that on my list. I'll definitely admit I've played a lot of that game. It's been a whole lot of fun. I want to play more of it. That's the key. Yeah. Um, I have to join you guys in playing some co-op. It's because it's not the, the kicker is it's not cross save. It's coming soon. Cross play. I think you can cross play, but you can't cross save. Yeah, you can cross play, but like progress doesn't carry over yeah. back and forth. Um, next up on the list, what do we have? Oh, you know, a good one. And there are a couple of reasons I really like this game. I have. I feel like. The Resident Evil franchise for me has really kicked in since Resident Evil 7. And I've played the other ones in the past before, but like Resident Evil 7 is where I really like, man, I really like this series. Resident Evil 3 was an awesome experience and a really great game that I really enjoyed this year. Um, Regardless of how people felt, I actually appreciated the fact that this game was only like, you can beat it in under 10 hours quite easily. Um, Mm -hmm. this wasn't something that I, you know, unlike Ghost of Tsushima, um, unlike Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I think FF7 Remake, I didn't even do everything in there. And it took me, I want to say I was in the 30 to 40 hour range before beating that game. Uh, I I beat Resident Evil 7 in like seven to eight hours, but it didn't feel like seven to eight hours. It was a nonstop like action roller coaster with Jill and Carlos and the nemesis and coming through. It was a whole lot of fun. I've really enjoyed what Capcom has done, starting with Resident Evil 7 with like reinventing their series and kind of, and especially with the remakes. Resident Evil 2 was a blast. I love that game. Uh, I so much I love the game. I bought the damn thing again on a Steam sale for like yeah. 15 bucks. Like I'll play this on PC with the ray tracing and the 1080. Oh god, the the the, yeah. the, the 1440p and um but Resident Evil 3 has really been was super fun and I liked the fact that it was super I don't say super quick, but like a very quick and easy game to kind of get in play. I beat it in a weekend. I jumped in one weekend, boom, I played it, I was done. Like I, I really had a lot of fun with this. Uh, a lot of the the new stuff they've added in there for a game that I never played. I never played Resident Evil Three, and so jumping into this uh, lore and mi- kind of checking out this scene was really something great. Having Nemesis follow you around uh, was really great. I wish they would have done a better job of keeping the Nemesis around in the second half of the game. Uh, that being said, the final boss fight, thumbs up, dude. I felt like I'm a badass. Not- felt like cool. a badass, and. Um, it was really, really cool. It. I understand if you have qualms about the game because of its length. Sure, that's fine. I, I paid full price for this, and I thought it was definitely worth my money. Um, if you if if you don't think it's worth the full sixty bucks, like get this on a sale, find it on a sale, save you some money, then play this game. I encourage everyone to do so. Resident Evil Three is a really great time. It is on my. I. I, I am a huge Resident Evil fan. Been a huge Resident Evil fan since four. 
and I am ashamed to say I have not actually played this game yet. This is the one Resident Evil game I did not buy at launch because when it came out, I cannot remember. I I know that that finances were a little tight at the time, and so I was kind of looking at the cost per hour, you know, of a, of game time, right? As a as a as a factor in that, because I remember that and Doom, Doom, Doom Eternal were two games that I really wanted to play but could not quite get at that particular moment. So they are now on my holiday list. Once we get to the holidays and they go on super sale, that's going to be my, uh, I'm going to circle back around to that game. But yeah, that's, I've heard nothing but good things about RE3 and, and, uh, and your positive praise of it. Your glowing praise of the game makes me feel even more excited about playing it. So definitely play it. It's a good, like I said, you can pick the game up. If you stick with it a weekend, you can have the game beat from start yeah. to finish. It'll be like, man, that was a really good time. Yeah. All right, so the next one, we're going to combo because I know it's on your list as well. Don't lie to me and tell me it's not. I know it is. All right? Uh, I don't know what we're talking talking about. about. So remember last point where I said I feel like I'm just playing a bunch of kids' games during this pandemic? Yes. Uh, Well, then I immediately threw a wrench in that and decided to suffer through the agony of the trauma of playing The Last of Us Part Two. This was a game that I will say I power played to to truthfully say how it is. Like it is a game that I played every hour of every day that I could. I was obsessed with this game. I've talked in, uh, ad nauseum in the past about how Last of Us, the first one, was one of my favorite games from last generation. Despite the fact that I was a huge Xbox gamer last generation, it still resonated with me as this crazy good story. So Last of Us Part 2, I was very interested in learning more. And so I figured I'll talk a little bit about it, and then we'll trade off and talk a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'll jump in where needed. Yeah. Um, Go ahead and let you know I am not going to do any spoilers. This will be a spoiler-free discussion of this. I do not want to ruin this game for anybody. I may talk a little bit about some gameplay elements, but I will not talk about any story beats or give away anything that that would be meaningful to to your first playthrough. So just heads up on that. Um, This is the second best stealth game ever made, and after... Metal Gear 5 Phantom Pain, period, hands down. Uh, yeah. Badoom. Yeah, sure. Case closed. It is a story that I was very interested to see how Naughty Dog was going to continue that. I thought it was a mistake from the, the moment they announced they were making a sequel to this. I was like, ooh, you're really you're putting it all on the line. But I think they really did a good job of, of telling a different story using the same characters. And that's what really meant the most to me is this is not a story about it's not a story about the aftermath of the last of us part one it is a story that takes place in the aftermath of last of us part one right it's not necessarily about like oh what happens to joel and ellie after last of us part one like yes they talk about that ad nauseum but this is really a story about ellie and what Ellie is going through as a as she becomes an adult, right? Yeah. In a much more mature world as we've gotten further from that that outbreak date and we start to see how quote unquote normal life looks in this post post pandemic, right? Yeah. And so that's where I think this game does a really great job of of just making you feel like, hey, you know what? We're going to go out on a patrol and a patrol is, you know, we got to kill eight zombies that could any one of these zombies could like completely murder us right and in many cases they almost do but like this is just a normal part of your day right like you take the dog for a walk go go kill a dozen zombies in a supermarket like 
and they do a really good job of 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 uh of making that feel like just part of your world and then as you move further into the game and you get through the the initial kind of the the plot hook i think this game does a great job of hooking you in within the first hour or two and then you kind of start playing the game proper after you have that plot hook to pull you in they start to introduce tons of new enemy types new locations new puzzle types and really just i this game is just masterpiece 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 i can't yeah describe it as anything else it this game was really something special to me. It's on my list too. I just like the last of us part two. And I'll definitely admit I didn't, <clears throat> I talked about it in the podcast, but number one, I definitely wasn't as high on the game, but uh, I say not as high as people. Like I wasn't as, uh, I guess both games I didn't really have like huge expectations for, but then jumped in and like got sucked in. And number two is I just, the only thing is I wish I had, I, I need to play this again. I need to slow down. Because I sped up a little bit to talk about this for our spoiler cast, and I think this is a game that you you sip on this like a fine wine. You don't just like ah, you know power chug it and then smash the yeah. smash it on your skull. Like this game has so many emotional roller coasters. There's so much emotion and so much character. It's like I think this is the epitome of like when artists leave their their souls on the canvas. Like that is here in this game, The Last of Us Part Two, and this yeah. this wasn't a game that I necessarily needed to have or wanted to have. Like I think the end of The Last of Us Part One ended perfectly. I'm like I'm totally fine. Yeah. You don't have to do another one, but they decided to do another one, and I'm I think I'm happy and I'm all the better for it because they've always said that yeah. they're going to do it if they have a story worth telling, and I think the story they tell is a very powerful one. And um, yeah. Uh, it, it shows in every inch of that game from start to finish. Um, I yep. definitely, I got to play that again sometime this year. It's really awesome. Masterpiece. Um, that means there's only, I've got two left. Um, I've got two left as well. So either I can jump back in and do it or we can swap it up at this point. You jump in again. You, you, you take okay. It, you take it All right. So last of us part two, I finished that trauma and during this period, I kind of went into a state of flux where I started to just kind of play whatever I felt like. Unfortunately, I'm uh, disappointed to report that I got back into Heroes of the Storm around this time. Uh, so Shame on yeah, you, sir. I had to turn in my coin, <laughs> my uh, my days, days clean coin. I, and I have, I'll admit I played it today, so I'm back back with the sickness. But... Uh, I played some Diablo 3 seasons. I played some various Game Pass games, just kind of had some fun. Uh, I do want to mention, can I do an honorable mention real quick? Yeah. So I played recently Carrion uh, on Game Pass. Uh, Carrion yeah, just Carrion's came good. out about a week ago. It's not necessarily on my formal list. It's more of an honorable mention. Uh, I ended up 1K in this game. I love this game. Carrion is a fantastic, fantastic game. It is... It reminded me a little bit of, of like, imagine if uh, Hotline Miami was a Metroidvania, because okay, it's okay. all about, like, you remember, did you play Hotline Miami? I haven't played Hotline Miami, but I have played okay. Carrion, so I'm... I, For I'm those who have not on. played Hotline, Hotline, wow, Hotline Miami, that's what I was about to say, Hotline Miami. That'd be a cool game. It is a game about that. busting the door open and killing everyone in the room as quickly as possible, right? Because it's a one-hit death kind of experience, right? And the same kind of goes for Carrion. It's not a one-hit death experience, but you are playing as this like weird 
I think the think the creature from it, uh, not it, um, the thing, right? John the Carpenter's thing. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, the thing. It is the thing that eats people and then kind of can turn into them. You don't quite find out about the turn into them until a little bit later. But you've got like tentacles that you can control and like abilities that you unlock. And it's all about like you break in through the vent, like you gotta, you know, you hit the guy with the gun, so he like flies against the wall, and as he's standing up, you eat the other three people, which makes you grow in size. So now you can shoot spikes at the dude who's standing up with the gun. Like that kind of action gameplay. Super fun. I probably it took me probably about six hours to one K at very quick playthrough. Oh, wow. Definitely play uh, that game. Okay, wow. Yeah, I've, super fast um, if you play it. I've played through uh, uh, like at least like two or three hours of it and it was just, it was yeah. fun. It was a blast. I enjoyed it. It's a blast. Not my official entry. My official entry also comes from Xbox Game Pass. Cameron, I gotta tell you, okay. this is a game that has hashtag shook me. I never thought that I would be able to put my hands on a foam finger quotes here indie game and i mean this strictly as it's designed budget like it was built on a smaller budget it was actually built as a browser game and i am talking about cross code and i I did not know that cross code one of the best rpgs of the year period it is an apps like if it is up there with chrono trigger in just boy that's a lot of praise combat tight controls it's basically it looks and plays like a, a game from that era it's a pixel art um uh rpg it's got a lot of jrpg kind of um uh inspirations there's a, a lot of emphasis on the items that you have um you don't buy items per se all the items are traded for so you have to collect resources out in the world and then you bring them back to the town and you trade those resources for them okay it is just to give you a little bit of context for what this game is. It is, it is a single player story driven RPG, but it is framed as you are playing in an MMO with other people. Right. Okay. And it's kind of got a sword art online vibe to it where you're like trapped okay. in the MMO. Right? So the whole mechanic of it being an MMO is used in a very clever way. So, when you you know in in a JRPGs you have moments where like new characters join the party and then new characters leave the party you know it's like this yeah. ebb and flow that's dictated by who's online at the time right so you look you pull up your friends list right and it shows all your potential party members and two of them are online so you can invite them to your party so it does really cool stuff with that uh, and like I said it's an it is a single player it is not an online game but it is framed such that you're playing an online game it does a lot of cool stuff with the combat uh it is a hybrid between ranged and melee so press x and you'll do like a melee attack swoop 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 kind of zelda like in that regard but then a lot of the game revolves around europe in the in the mmo there are multiple classes and your class is a spheromancer so you shoot like magic balls at people right okay and the way that the aiming works is it's top down kind of like a zelda game so you you move the right stick in a direction and the aiming reticule kind of starts to get more narrow, and then it will, like, finally close up, and then it's, like, a super accurate shot at that point, right? And you can charge up the shot so that it will bounce. So a lot of the puzzle solving is is getting to different elevations, because even though it's a 2D game, it's got different elevations, right? Okay. And you have to bounce the balls off of things. It has dungeons, so you complete the dungeon, and you get an upgrade that allows you to do new stuff. And even the enemy... Dude, this game is just packed full of good stuff, dude. So I'm going to tell you about one enemy that I'm facing. I'm kind of, I'd probably say I'm about 12 hours into the game at this point. 
mm-hmm. and I'm facing an enemy, and I want to describe the enemy to you because it's just a normal enemy that you run into in the the region that I'm okay. in. Please go on. So it is a, a a series of viruses, right? So let's say you're fighting a flame virus. So the flame virus always spawns with two neutral viruses. All right. So the flame virus will go up to a neutral virus and give it like flame power, right? So it'll like download, transfer flame power to it. Well, once that neutral virus has flame power, it's going to like do a fireball attack where it like charges at you and tur- and catches on fire. Right after it does that, it'll have a little moment of weakness where if you hit it with an ice attack, it will basically break the virus and turn it into an antivirus. So it'll just kind of float there as an antivirus. Yeah. Now, if you wait too long, it's going to recover and go back to get the flame power again. However, the main flame virus is like floating around, right? And it tries its best to avoid you. So once you've created the antivirus, you have to like corral the virus over to it. And once it gets close to it, it will snap onto it and try and give it the firepower again. But since it's an antivirus, it makes the main virus like exposed where you can attack it. Dude, this is a raid mechanic. That you are applying to a normal enemy this is, in this, this is RPG. Pretty cool. That's pretty it cool. It is so good. And the story has some crazy plot twists to it. Um, a lot of drama. I'm talking like, even though it's in an MMO, you have these crazy like character deaths. Like it's just, dude, it's insane. Like Crosscode is so good. And it started as a browser a browser game. It was like you played it in Chrome. But okay. it is on Game Pass. It's on Nintendo Switch. I think it's on PS4 as well. I think you can buy it on PS4. I think it's on PS4. I believe you're yeah. right. Yeah, so CrossCode, one of my favorite games this year. And I can't wait to beat it. I Like I said, I'm about probably about 15 hours in at this point, And I have gone to eight different, like, lands. Each one has, like, a dungeon. Like, it is just, it's it's huge. It's a much bigger game than I thought it was going to be. And it's just so cool, man play cross code i sent a tweet that was just play cross code and i'm i'm quoting it just play cross code it is on game pass it is so worth your time and it just continues to drop new gameplay mechanics new types of enemies and like don't don't let my description of the virus enemy intimidate you because it is very much like it eases you into that but it is a it is a god bless america rpg it has skill trees it has it has like it has and it has skill trees that you can choose to either put all your points into one skill tree or you can diversify your points between two branches of that tree so it's still within one tree like the ice tree but like you can choose between do you want your special attack to be like a giant ice bomb that takes a second to charge up a la spirit bomb or do you want to have like a giant like like skid where like ice shoots out from you as you like skid across the the arena right and you could either like you're like no dude i want to go all in on the ice bomb so you can like go way far up that tree really early on but you could also invest some points over to that other branch and you can swap between the branches anytime so it's got that level of customization i think people want where you can invest your points where you want and there's permanence you can't really like you you get like resets, like point resets at periodic points throughout the game where you can buy them using a rare material that's in that you find in the game. No microtransactions. Everything in the game is unlockable. But like it feels like an old school RPG and I love it. Play cross code. One of my favorite games this year. So good. It's a very impassioned speech. Let's try it love out. It. Love it. it. Actually I have it downloaded on my 
Xbox because I was going through Game Pass games to download, mm-hmm. and that was one of the games that ended up on there. I just have to get a chance play to play it. it. You, Cameron, you will love it because I, I was going to play Remnant from the Ashes, but then it had a um, had a patch, and I was like, ah, this ruined the night. And I dude, you better call me when you play Remnant, dude. Okay, <laughs> you're co-oping that. I've been one. I co-oped it with a friend, and he was kind of like meh on it, okay. so. We stopped playing it pretty early on. I've probably only played for about an hour, but I will play that with you. Deal. Okay. It's a date. Um, the penultimate pick for me, I think I'm going to go. I know what I'm going to have last. So um, it, this is, it's a game that's already been out, but I, I really want to take the time to talk about how much I've been into this game this year. Apex Legends is awesome. I lo- Again, it is the only, right, <coughs> I will say it, it was the only battle royale that really pulled me in and it now it's like been the only battle royale that's really kept me i love apex legends i love playing that game i've gotten better with that as i've got, gotten in um, i've just had a really great fun time uh jumping into that world and learning and i i think the one thing i like is how fast paced it is but not too fast paced but like very quick going in it didn't feel you know i like call of duty Warzone, but it, that can feel a little sluggish at times, and then there's no building mechanics, so sorry, Fortnite. It's just how it is. Um, but no, Apex Legends has really grabbed me, and I've really just had a really... I've, I've had a great time with that, and um, um, that'll be a staple. That's a staple. That's up there with over. It's not quite up with Overwatch, but it's close to being like a staple game that I play consistently throughout the year. Um, that was the Until time. Overwatch 2 comes out. Yes, and then that will be replaced and banished. Um, so yeah, Apex Legends is my penultimate pick. Um, what's your final pick? All right, my final pick uh, is probably not a surprise to anyone who's been enjoying my beautiful background here. Uh, my final pick is Paper Mario: The Origami King. Um, this is I, okay. I, on the document I put Kingdom, but it's the Origami King. It is my first Paper Mario game. Fun fact. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. I had played the first Paper Mario on N64. I rented it from Blockbuster. Boom. Dated. Oh boy, yeah, that's Carbon super dated. dated. <laughs> but um, I cannot describe the level of joy that this game has brought to me. It is such a beautiful... First off, it's a beautiful game. This behind me, screenshot from the game. Everything in the oh, game wow. is, okay. is... Yeah, this is not like anything doctored up this is from the game it is a world that's built with yeah leon says blockbusters those were the day um it is a game filled with just vibrant colors amazing areas uh you go to you know of course you have like your kind of your green plains you have these fun like shogun temples right like feudal japan style temples you have uh cave sections you have there are dungeons in this game it is chock full of stuff. And, and I think the best description that I've heard is it is a fantastic Mario game trapped in a JRPG, if that makes sense. And it's, you know, it's a lot of people have a lot of opinions about Paper Mario games. If you're really into Paper Mario, you know that those early games were very RPG focused, right? They had XP much, and, yeah. and you leveled up. So you don't quite do that here. Your battles are really the only thing you get from battles is coins. And those coins are what you use for helping the battle. You use them to buy items, which, you know, are upgrade. That's your more powerful attacks. And yes, those items do break after a short while. But 
at first that kind of put me off, but then I got 10,000 coins within the first hour of the game and I've never been under 10,000 cents. So like you really don't run out of money. The idea is that you're Mario has always been about the endorphin release of solving the puzzle or making the jump or getting the coin, right? This game encapsulates that into this really fun RPG. Okay. You are going okay. and exploring around. You're meeting new characters. So, like, you'll see behind me. Ooh, wrong side. Uh, you'll see behind me that Mario is hanging out with this little Bob-Ob here, which, uh, without giving too much away, he is a Bob-Ob you meet that is uh, suffering from memory loss he has forgotten who he is so you go on an adventure to help him overcome his amnesia um and then next to mario is olivia who's kind of more of like the main like uh i hate to say sidekick or but she's like your companion through the journey right okay and she is an origami princess and so a big part of the game is that you're dealing with this evil origami king who's turned because, you know, you're paper Mario. So everyone's made of paper. Right. And so he's folding everyone up into these origami creations. And the game is just it does some really cool stuff with with folding paper, smashing paper, tons of hidden toads. So a lot of the fun of the game is you're exploring these environments and you see like a little you'll see like a little foot sticking out and you are like pull it out. He'll be like thanks Mario you know and they'll say these stupid jokes just like the stupidest things ever where they're like they'll, this is not a real one that I've run into but he'll be like he'll be like stuck in a clam and you'll open it up he's like thanks man I was starting to feel kind of clammy in there like it's that level of just like <laughs> roll your eyes but you gotta love it humor and the, I'm with you on that okay what's really cool about this game I would say that the like the general combat with just the normal enemies is kind of it's more puzzle solving than it is combat-y because it's a series of rings. And the whole point of the combat is you spin the rings and move enemies around the arena so that you can line them up to do like combo jumps. Right. Yeah. Um, and it does have the timing. So if you like the timing mechanics of paper Mario, where you have to press a at a certain point. So like on the jump attack, when you land on their head, if you press a, you're going to do bonus damage. Right. So a lot of that cool stuff built in there, okay. man, this game is just filled with like just, funny writing, clever Mario shenanigans, like some Koopa Troopers are like, help us, he's he's about to steal this valuable item. What are we going to do? Walk slowly toward him? Like, it's a lot of just tongue-in-cheek stuff about, uh, just about Mario in general, and I think that even down to, I would say if you haven't looked up anything about this game, specifically the bosses, don't look up anything about the bosses, because the bosses are just hilarious, goofy, fantastic they're not what you'd expect from a mario game and even the boss fights themselves are puzzles that you are you're basically instead of trying to line up enemies you're lining up the rings to create a pathway that you travel and so you'll be running along the pathway and you'll hit a switch that will activate the magic powers or you'll hit an attack and maybe you have to line it up so you're attacking the tail or you're attacking the leg those kinds of puzzle solving mechanics it's a it's very much a puzzle fighter more than it is a an okay. action RPG, but okay. man, it is so good. And the best, I want you to know that at game of the year, I don't know how we're going to do it, but generally we would have these goofy categories that like spawn off of the main categories. One of them that I would fight for would be best endorphin release, right? The thing that just really <laughs> like, Oh, it feels so good to do. Right? like open a loot box in overwatch, right? One of those best endorphin release moments of the year is throwing the confetti 
because there are parts of the world that have been like ripped open and so they're just holes in the ground and you have to throw confetti on them to like cover them back up and it is just like like it's like a little it's like the grunt the grunt head popping with the birthday yes. grunt birthday party skull it's like hooray you're throwing the confetti out and it's really cool because you have to find more confetti around the environment and you do that by like breaking things down dude this game is so good please play mario party and the origami king it is so okay. good okay that's pretty good that, that you, you, yeah. you're selling me on that game because i've been kind yeah. of flirting with maybe trying to play that i mean look at it look at how beautiful it is like it looks good it's it looks so good. good looking so good looking um my final one final pick here was the we've talked a lot about xbox the last couple of weeks and one of the things mm-hmm. that a lot of people have talked about this generation or just and one of the things i think that people are wanting to see from xbox are their exclusives they want to see their first party studio step up in a big way um next gen uh starting with halo infinite and i will definitely admit the last year for xbox first party exclusives been pretty light like big ones like that people are like oh my god and but there there was one that has come out this year that I I was excited about before. Like when they announced this, I was like, yes, I want some of this. Give it to me now. And that game, which is my final one on the list, is Gears Tactics. Um, I I have I have not played nearly as much of this game as I should be. Um, this game slaps like so good. It's it's awesome. That's the back of box quote. This game <laughs> this slaps. slaps. That, no, like Gears Tactics is basically XCOM with a tactic with a Gears skin, and that's I, I didn't realize that that's all I wanted in life was XCOM yep. with di- various skins of different games on there. Um, playing through the first few missions, I was just in awe not only like of how it looks, but how it plays like XCOM, but it has its own unique spins. Like you can each turn you have. A certain amount of moves you can do so like i could one turn for my character i can have three moves that he can do so i can i can move him to this point i can shoot somebody and then i can place a turret and that's really cool and unique because it, it, it's mo- more multifaceted because it makes you think about Ooh, what can i do because take that example i can move somewhere i could shoot an enemy that i can put a turret up that basically has a cone that pops up. So that way when an enemy comes into that cone, whatever actions you had remaining, guess what? It does additional damage to that enemy. So if they try and charge you, you boom, 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 they get some, um, you get some shots in, maybe put them low on health or kill them completely. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of strategy and thinking about that, like if you're, if you have a lane, maybe you should do something like that. Or if you're, uh, as I have been by enemies, if you're pinned in a corner and everybody's got turrets put up, like how do you get out without being shot or if you can't like how can you just live so you can get healed or do something like that and managing your turns so that you can continue forth um it's just, it was something really really cool and XCOM is a game another game that I really need to play more of and haven't had a chance to I was actually thinking about um I think they had that new Chimera Squad game that came out this year I want to play but like Gears Tactics has been great I've loved that whole game. Like I said, I've only played a little bit in there. I think the other thing that's really cool, and it's the thing I love about XCOM, is the customization of your characters is really, really in-depth and unique and detailed. Like, you're you're down to, like, 
different armor pieces and the color of the armor pieces, weapons, skills, clothes, names, looks, all sorts of stuff. It's all customizable. And it's really it's really awesome. I actually really wish that this game got more attention than it did. Um, I didn't like the fact that I was hoping this game is come it's on Game Pass and I was hoping it was gonna be on um, Xbox at launch, but then kind of the last week or so like, oh nope. It's only on Windows. So I can only play it on my computer, but playing on it has just been such a blast for the little bit of time that I've played on it. I need to play more, but it's already been cemented as one of my favorite games this year. It's really something special and really something that if you like tactical RPGs, you need to play Gears Tactic. It's really good. They've yeah. done a really good job with that. Good. That's good to hear, man. <clears throat> but that's it. That's um, that's all of our games. That's the list we've got for you guys here of our favorite games of 2020. Um, let us know if you're listening or watching here. What are your favorite games of 2020 um, so far? Uh, let us know in the comments there or tweet at us at Rocket Punch Go, um, at Darth Turner down below. Uh, let us know what you got. What games have really grabbed you guys this uh, year as well? Um, Seth, anything else you got before I wrap things up here? Stay cool, people. Stay cool. Listen, it's show love. Look at my my camera can't even focus because I'm hitting I'm hitting y'all with the, the the truth here. It's we're we're knee deep in console shenanigans, and right now it is very easy to feel offended and or empowered to feed into that even more. But I will say, one of the things that I've learned this year, and looking back at these games, that I'm getting to the point now where I'm not really interested in in who's got what exclusives. Like I'm I'm disappointed when I see stuff locked behind certain content, but I also acknowledge that I'm privileged enough to be able to like, you know, if if I really want to play Spider-Man, I'm going to be able to play Spider-Man in, in Avengers, right? Like I I'll just yeah. have to get it on PlayStation, right? Like it sucks that I don't get to play it on my preferred platform, but I'm at least in a privileged position to be able to do that. But more than anything, I'm learning that Gaming isn't supposed to be about following this media pipeline all the way down to being told what to care about and only caring about that stuff, right? It's like you look at the games that I said that I was really into this year. Like, I could have easily been like Doom Eternal, uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII, and I, this isn't a jab at you or anything, but it's like I could have gone with like just the top five Metacritic games of the year, right? But yeah. When I started to think about it, I was like, what is the games that I really had the most fun playing? And that was Murder by Numbers, uh, you know, Minecraft Dungeons, games that quote unquote aren't huge blockbuster games. But what I'm beginning to realize is that what I really love about gaming and what I hope everybody out there kind of discovers through maybe through Rocket Punch or through your own gaming experience is that gaming is something that's unique to everybody. And, and it's at this point, it's getting bigger. But that doesn't mean that it's going to to hamper your ability to enjoy things. If you only enjoy playing Call of Duty every day, more power to you, dude. You get the best call. I think the best Call of Duty they've ever come out with is out right now, right? I like, would agree. Yes. Got more content than ever before. Are they going to announce a new Call of Duty? Who fucking knows? <laughs> we don't know at this point. We're more likely to get it announced on a bag of Doritos than we are to get it actually announced. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> the hey, thanks so much jw moses for joining us uh you'll have to catch the rest on the podcast um for those of you before hold on let me finish my thing then we'll talk about the post show yeah we will we will 
I, what I'm trying to say is that don't let just because a game isn't quote unquote popular, like if Halo Infinite comes out and is like gets seventy two percent on Metacritic because it doesn't look next gen and like everyone's comparing it to PS five exclusive games, things like that. Don't let that make you feel like the game isn't good for you. The game is still good, right? The game is still fun if you enjoy your time with it. Uh, people roll their eyes and harp on Fortnite, but guess what? People still love Fortnite. People still love Minecraft back the, in the day. The, the, the publisher does it. Epic Games is like, I don't care what you say. But apparently, yeah, we're I, doing all right. I, I love Sea of Thieves. Do I play a lot of Sea of Thieves? Not anymore. Like I, most of my time is in the past. But I love that world. Now it's number three on Steam. Like it is coming back in this weird, crazy, cool way. Like, and I'm I'm happy for them. Now is that going to change the Metacritic score? Being like seventy. 80 whatever no it's not but who cares like who cares at this point right like just enjoy the things i always think about that comic of the person like coming in and doing the let people enjoy things like he's like holding his lips shut he's just like let people enjoy things and that's just kind of where i'm reached in my gaming career like yes the console wars are heating up we have a show called console wars where we poke fun and and throw shenanigans back and forth but at the end of the day Gaming is something that's for everybody, and it's getting to the point now where it is for a majority of people on the planet, right? Like, they're, we're no longer counting gamers in millions. We're now counting them in billions. And so when you look at gaming as a whole, just because a game comes out on PC and not on consoles doesn't mean it's not a full game. Just because a game comes out at $30 and not $60 does not mean it's not a full game. Just because a game is $5 on Steam doesn't mean that it's a game you should feel ashamed for loving, right? Crosscode, probably going to be in my game of the year list for my personal game of the year. I think it's, what, 20 30 bucks. Like, it's not a full-priced game, but I still think it's Spanx. Yeah. I, I'll, say, I'll say this. It's Spanx Assassin's Creed at being an action RPG. Absolutely up and down Spanx it. Is it as beautiful? Hell no. Nah. Although they do draw different sprites. Like, there was a scene where there were, like, four sprites in a row, and this, the dialogue was all just dot, dot, dot. She was, like, shocked. But they drew four different sprites for her face instead of just using the same sprite for the dialogue chat. Wow, okay. Really impressive game. I digress. Wrapping this all up, just, man, I love games. I love video games. I And, yeah, you can see I'm kind of getting to the point where, like, I'm loving more fun and happy games than I am, like, super depressing and and horrible games. But that don't don't make that think that like I, I don't like those games. Like I'm gonna be playing Resident Evil just like you will. No. I'm gonna shoot them zombies in the head. I played Last of Us Part Two, but I'm getting to the point where I'm like, man, I'd rather play Murder by Numbers or Heroes of the Storm than Ghost of Tsushima. And that's nothing against Ghost of Tsushima. It's just I have those games are in my hands. I can play them now. I don't have to pay sixty bucks to play them. So why why play the you know why play something else right now when I got other things I can play? So. That's my that's my two cents. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. 100% agree. Well, guys, that's it for the main show here of the Rocket Punch show. Thank you, everybody, to, who's listening and tuning in. Now remember, if you want to stick around, if you're watching via Twitch, you want to stick around for the post show. If you're a subscriber, uh, we'll have that up in just a couple of minutes. But to everybody else who's listening in, thank you guys so, so much for joining us this evening. Really appreciate you guys' time and coming to support the show. I talked about, a lot about it in... Um, 
the um, this the twerp episode earlier today, but like I really appreciate you guys and everything that's been going on. Um, it's been we've had a good week last week. We're, I'm hoping to have an even better week this week with a lot of content coming out to you guys. So follow us at Dark Turner on Twitter or at Rock Punch Go on Twitter, and uh, we'll we'll definitely keep you updated on our content. But until then, guys, thank you so much. Good night and good game. <laughs>